You're listening to Source Daily. Join us Monday through Friday to stay up to date on what's happening in North Central Ohio. We'll be sharing a closer look at one of our top stories, along with other news, local history, memorials, answers to your questions, and more. Today, the price of water is not going up for City of Mansfield water consumers, but access to that water is going to cost more. And later, we're joined by Richland Source sports reporter Kurt Conrad to get some insight into the upcoming high school basketball tournaments. Before we begin, we'd like to thank our friends and sponsors at Reinhardt Walters Danner & Associates Insurance Agency. They've been part of the Mansfield community since 1956. Head over to reinhardtinsurance.com or call 419-522-9892 for all your auto, home, and life insurance needs. Now our feature story. The price of water is not going up for City of Mansfield water consumers, but access to that water is going to cost more going forward. Earlier this week, City Council voted 7-1 to to approve a readiness-to-serve charge that will add a minimum of $10.93 per month to water bills across the city. At-large Councilwoman Stephanie Zader cast the lone dissenting vote on the move, projected to raise an additional $2.7 million annually for the city's water fund. The exact amount of the increase depends on the size of the water meter. Most residents with a 1-inch or less meter will pay the $10.93. That jumps up to $43.65 for a 2-inch meter and more for larger consumers. Like the city's water rates, those readiness charges will also increase each year under the legislation. Based on lengthy public discussions and thrice-delayed votes, city council members clearly struggled with the decision. Mayor Tim Thaker's administration, led by city engineer Bob Bianchi, had told local lawmakers since discussions began in October that the city's aging water system, including some small lines more than a century old, cannot meet current and future needs. Bianchi has said increased revenues are needed to fund an annual water main replacement program around the city and other capital improvements needed to ensure water flow. Without the increase, Bianchi told Council there is no water infrastructure capital budget. To get a full breakdown of Council members' opinions on the legislation, click the link in our show notes. Now some local history. There have been a number of armies passing in and out of Mansfield throughout its history, but the one that has lasted the longest and had the most life-giving impact in our community is the Salvation Army. Their first foray into town took place in 1887, when they were met with suspicion as something too good to be true. They proved to be a disarming army right from the start, however, and were welcomed in Mansfield. They established their services in various locations and around downtown for the next 28 years. In 1915, they moved their operations to the corner of South Main and 2nd Street, and have held that post ever since as a beacon of hope. Before we continue, we'd like to thank our friends and sponsors at Spherian. Spherian helps people find jobs. Each year, they connect over 3,000 local workers to rewarding, flexible, temp-to-hire, and full-time jobs with over 200 employers throughout Mid-Ohio. Start your confidential career search today by heading over to midohiojobs.net to find your next great job. Next, Richland Source sports reporter Kurt Conrad on the upcoming boys' basketball tournaments. Um, Give us a little overview of the boys' tournament, teams you're looking at, um, players that you're most excited to see, matchup, potential matchups that could be intriguing. Right. And it's not unlike the girls. I mean, a a Division II tournament is going to be, it's very, it's been very good for years, and there's no reason to think it's not going to be very good against this year. And a lot of the schools that are 
you know, talented teams in the area are are in that Division Two tournament. That includes Mansfield Senior again, uh, Lexington, a very good team who's closing in on a Ohio Cardinal Conference championship. Uh, Shelby, the MOAC uh, front runner, they they they're coming off a double overtime win over at River Valley, and that's a team that was second to them in the or you know they were tied with in the conference standing. So that's I don't think you can underestimate the importance of a double overtime road victory going into the tournament. That's the sort of stuff that gives you some some momentum moving forward. But, you know, all those teams have really, really talented, talented players. Now, Mansfield Sr. played Sandusky on Saturday, and Sandusky is the top seed in, the, in that Division II district field, and they are ranked seventh in the state. And they are ranked seventh in the state for a reason. They've got, they've got a whole bunch of kids who can put the ball in the hole. Watching that game on Saturday, it looked like the Mansfield senior teams of old. There was a lot of up and down. I, I think the final score was 79-74. And in high school basketball in this day and age, that's, teams don't score like that as, as frequently. Now, once you get into the tournament, those things usually get suppressed a little bit. I mean, it's usually lower scoring games, but it sure was fun to watch watch teams go up and down the floor like they did last week. And, and Shelby likes to play that tempo too, that style. Uh, they got a really talented team led by Alex Bruscatter, who's a, like a, a mid-major Division One college basketball recruit, I guess, a uh, prospect at least. And they got a, you know, a very talented young group there. Lexington, of course, I mean, they, they have a really talented bunch. And it's funny, I've covered basketball in North Central Ohio for 20 years and it never ceases to amaze me that every year Lexington has a kid who's six seven or six eight, and this year they got I think three of them. <laughs> it's it's unusual that they continue to produce kids that size, but they have a really big talented group this year, um, and you know they they have met all challenges thus far. I mean I think I think they have two losses. They lost to New Philadelphia, really good conference team that that goes east, so they won't see them in the tournament. They lost to St. Mary's Memorial. That's a team that potentially down the road. They could bump into St. Mary's Memorial has a six uh, eleven center who's going to Ohio State, so I mean that's the type of athlete you'll encounter at the regional level. And you know, I mean, it'd be fun to see. I don't know exactly how the bracket looks right now. I don't think that they would see each other until the the district final if both teams were fortunate enough to get there. But Lex and Sandusky would be fun to watch, or Shelby Sandusky would be fun to watch, or you know, Lex and Senior and Shelby and Senior. So there are five or six really good teams in that Division II district that uh, potentially could, could make a run at that at the district title. What about Clear Fork, Lucas, any of the lower divisional teams, Any anything stick out there? Right. Um, in the small school basketball, there's a couple of really, really talented teams in the area. Um, Division Three Crestview is having a uh, historic season. I think they have two losses on the year. One of them's to Lucas, and we'll talk about them here in a minute. But, uh, you know, Crestview... For a Division three school, they you know they have kids who are six three, six four, six five, and a lot of them. And it, it's a pretty balanced team. They do a lot of things well. They're a team that likes to get out and push tempo too. So they're they're a lot of fun to watch. John Kurtz, the head coach there, he's at Crestview for his second stint. He was there, I don't know, probably five six years ago. Maybe yeah, probably longer than that actually. Probably ten years ago. He's done a great job every place he's been, and this year is no different. This might be one of his best coaching jobs. Uh, they got a team that's already clinched a Firelands Conference championship. They clinched it probably last week, and to do it with two weeks left in the in the conference season, or you know, they I think the next best team is has four conference losses. So they they they're undefeated in conference play. They've got two losses on the year in Division Three. That's a team that could potentially make a run toward a district championship in Division Four. Uh, Lucas is really really good. Lucas absolutely. I mean. They played inspired basketball the night that Crestview came to the Cub Cave, and they beat them pretty convincingly. 
and that's kind of served as a springboard. They are uh, they've clinched the the Mid Buckeye Conference for I think a fourth year in a row, maybe more than that. I'm not sure, right off the top of my head. They have a really talented group as well, and in that Division Four district field, Colonel Crawford dropped from Division Three back down to Division Four. And Crawford gave Lucas one of its only losses this year. So that's a team that, you know, that's probably a district championship caliber game that is is down there. I think Crawford's the number one seed in that district and Lucas is number two. So the way the bracket's set up, they would meet in the district final. That'd be an, I don't know who'd win, but it'd be an awful, awful fun to watch. Any other interesting storylines, either from the girls or the guys' side? Players, coaches, anything unique in the history from these any of these schools that you can think of? Yeah, I mean, there's always there's always some storylines. I think the Crestview story is really interesting. I think they've only won two, before this year, they had only won two Firelands Conference championships in program history, and that was very early in my career, I think, 99 and 2000. They went back-to-back one year under Walt Harrop, the following year under Rick Geyser. But that's been a generation ago. The kids on this roster weren't alive when that happened. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, it's super exciting to see them kind of re-emerge. And, uh, you know, they really got things rolling out there. I mean, when you consider the, the football team was unbeaten again this year and reached the regional semifinals, I think. And, you know, a lot of those same kids, not a lot, but a few of those same kids are, are doing the, doing the, getting the job done in the basketball, on, on the basketball floor. It's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I, th- I think that's a, a story worth paying attention to. And that, and like I said, that D2, whoever gets out of there, is, when they get to that region, it's usually played up at Bowling Green, I think. But there's no reason to think that the, the team that wins the Ashland District can't make a run at that regional championship this year like Lexington did a few years ago when, when Cade Stover was a junior. And then just say one more time when the boys' basketball tourney tips off. The boys will get going here in uh, uh, the 21st, I guess, right around there. I think it's... That week, the 21st and 22nd are the sectional semifinal games. Or, yeah, and then that weekend, uh, I think, which is what, the 24th would be the sectional championships. And uh, and then the districts, regional and state to follow that. So uh, they'll, they'll both be tipped off here within the next couple weeks. For more on high school sports in North Central Ohio, sign up for our weekly sports newsletter. You can sign up by clicking the link in our show notes or by visiting richlandsource.com sports. Finally, we'd like to take a moment to remember Paul Richard Ramsdell of Galleon. Paul was born in 1939 in Lima and married his wife Janice in 1964. She preceded him in death in 2010 after 46 years of marriage. Paul received a Bachelor of Science in Math Education from Ohio Northern University in 1961. As a student, he participated in band, choir, and debate. In 1964, he received a Master's in Math from Bowling Green State. Richard taught for 50 years, including 34 years in Galleon City Schools, followed by 16 years at North Central State. He was later named to Who's Who in American Education. Paul was a longtime member of Christ United Methodist Church, serving as Sunday school teacher, lay leader, and delegate to the Lakeside Conference. He was a proud recipient of the Ron Poole Award as illustrious Master of the Year and the Knight York Cross of Honor. He was a board member, director, and performer in the Galleon Community Theater for many years. He was also the voice of Galleon Tiger Varsity Men's Basketball for 15 seasons, directed the Bucyrus Country Gentleman Barbershop Quartet, and loved playing bridge. He survived by two sons and daughters-in-law, grandchildren, brother, and in-laws. Thank you for taking a moment to celebrate and remember Paul's life. You can submit an obituary for free on Richland Source. To learn more, click the link in our show notes or visit richlandsource.com obituaries submit. Thanks for listening. Join us again tomorrow. 
Also, make sure to head over to richlandsource.com and click the Be a Member button to help support independent local journalism that informs and inspires. Every contribution goes to helping us make Richland County a better place to help keep our journalism free. Also, Source Brand Solutions is launching a limited-time small business booster program. Through the booster, SBS is vowing to match every dollar that a small business spends on marketing and advertising services with one of their own, up to $5,000. Get in touch today by visiting richlandsource.com advertise.